Hello, folks. Welcome back to Sun Scrap Nation's podcast. Your host, as always, Daniel Jonas. Here, as always, in Charlotte, North Carolina. It is rainy Monday. It is 9 o'clock, almost 10. Here, um, early morning. Just got back. Taking the dog to the vet. He is all good. Getting his medications, his flea and tick stuff, so he doesn't spread that shit around my apartment. Um, Other than that, not much. Just had the fights this past weekend, which we'll go over, and then we'll, following that, go into some news. Whatever happened over the weekend, some fight announcements that may potentially get announced in the future. And then we'll get into some of the fights this coming weekend. I'll break them down in their entirety. Well, like, I'll break down the fights in the entirety of a breakdown on Wednesday. I'll give you all the nuts and bolts of that. But today we'll just go over it because there are some good matchups. you got Robbie Lawler versus Neil Magny, who Robbie Lawler stepping in for Jeff Neal, who had uh, almost like a, he had like septic shock, like, or close to, which is usually a death sentence. So as he's recovering and getting better, uh, Robbie Lawler, the badass Robbie Lawler, steps in place to fight Neil Magny, which is a matchup that we should have seen a while ago. But, I mean, the welterweight division is so big, their paths never crossed, and now they're getting to do it. And then on top of that, we have... The main event, which is Anthony Smith versus Alexander Rakic, veteran versus up-and-coming explosive fighter, which he suffered a loss in his most recent fight. So as far as a learning experience, he's got two of those. Anthony Smith's got 15, so even though Anthony Smith's, you know, they're not too far in age. Anthony Smith's only 32 years old. Um, there's a lot of experience differentials where Anthony Smith beat the last person that beat Alexander Rakic. But we'll get into that later. Okay, so... Why don't we talk about the fights this past weekend? Because there were some great performances from people. Um... We have potentially a round of the year with Daniel Rodriguez versus Dwight Grant. Uh, Dwight Grant stepping in, late replacement for Daniel Rodriguez, almost drops Daniel in the beginning of the round, and then Daniel comes back and finishes Dwight off uh, with his boxing. Um, The power in Daniel's hands are ridiculous. And then uh, let me shout out to Dwight for taking the fight on short notice. But this is a... This is his third win in a row, fourth win in a row. I think he's on a five-fight win streak, though. And uh, he's got those those deadly stones-in-his-gloves kind of power that if you can't take him down, which he does, he trains with the likes of Joe Schilling and all those guys in his stand-up. And then when it comes to his his grappling, he trains with some of the best with Eddie Bravo. So he's no slouch on the ground. And the more time he has in between fights to learn and get better, you know, slowly and surely his game will get rounded out. So, shout out to Daniel Rodriguez. 
And then in the flyweight division, we have uh, one of the biggest upsets to ever happen in all of UFC history, only second to Holly Holm and Ronda Rousey, where Shayna Dobson gets the stoppage in the second round against Maria Agapova, who was the high, high, high-ranked favorite. It kind of just turned into Maria kind of gassing herself out in a way. Because if you look at the numbers, it's just... I'll get the highlight, highlights of it. If you look at the numbers, they're almost identical. It's, it's just the efficiency of who did what. Because... No, not that. Um, it's the efficiency, because Maria landed 22 significant strikes, 56 total strikes, 22 take, or two takedowns. And then Shannon Dobson landed 41 total strikes, 24 significant strikes, and two takedowns. So it was just the, the efficiency of each strike and the, and the accuracy and where they were placed and how the actions were done. Um, I'm going to watch it right now. Oh, I have it set really f- slow. No. Are these just pictures? Okay, that's weird. Um, so, yeah, it's just, it's a lot of Agapova, nervous energy coming out, heavy strikes, heavy strikes, right, her left kick, southpaw going to the open side, um, taking her down, probably when she didn't need to, heavy strikes, trying to cartwheel over. It's a lot of big movements, and she just gassed herself out, and then Shanna just bided her time, tried to meet, meet her with her. Yep, and then she started getting slow with the grappling, and Shannon took her back, tried to go for a takedown. I mean, these are like, yeah, she tried to, yeah, that's right. She tried to choke her out. She gets out of it, and the second round happens. Gassed. Takes a head kick immediately. Starts getting in a brawl. Agapova tries to take her down, and then Shannon Dobson gets on top. And just brains punches and it, she's nine and now she's nine and two. She was nine and one before. It's something that you learn. You learn how to pace yourself in a fight. And uh, Anthony Smith was talking about it uh, with his fight coming up against Alexander Rakic. Uh, he's gonna just wait for that guy to spaz out. It's when you fight a white belt for the first time in jiu-jitsu, like they just spaz. They don't know how to take things slow. They don't know how to like go in there and pace themselves. They just rah, and that's what happens when you gotta. That's what, and even though Shanna Dobson isn't a veteran, she just outgassed Maria. Um, so shout out to Shanna Dobson. She made a lot of money that night. All right, so getting into the replacement from the OSP, um, and uh, what was it? I forget his name. 
Um, the OSP bout, I'll get the name in a little bit. Uh, was training partner of mine, uh, Joe Selecki versus Austin Hubbard. Uh, Joe looked phenomenal um, as far as striking. I haven't, uh, the only striking I've seen is between his two fights. And since he's been working with Jimmo and Charlotte here, uh, I, I mean, it, it's, it's perfect. The in and out movements is looking great. His hands are looking sharp. And then obviously, like I said, before this fight, I said, Austin's going to have to be careful. Like Joe's really good at getting the back. He's very, very good at it. He doesn't get the back. He's got very, very sneaky chokes on from the front. And then once Austin let him get his back standing even, I was just like, this is fucking over. Um, as soon as he started getting it, I was like, like, I felt Joe's squeeze before. Like, I know. And he's, he's very calm and patient. He's a legit black, black belt. He's not like a, an MMA black belt. He's, like a, he's a legit black belt. Um, and he's, I mean, his back takes are phenomenal as far as if you get, like, in no-gi jiu-jitsu, right? In gi jiu-jitsu, they're great, too. Just like his jam. And he just clinically took the back and submitted him with a rear naked choke. Shut his game down. Nice. Congrats to Joe. Um, and then the light heavyweight co-main, we had slow Mike Rodriguez. Don't know why they call him that. Versus Marcin Pacino. And sh- short story is we saw a little bit of this earlier on. I forget which uh, fight it was. Maybe it was a Jordan Wright fight. Um, Jordan Wright got Ike Villanueva in the tie clinch, and he just didn't know what to do. And then Mike Rodriguez, not the, not necessarily the same thing, but the Mike Rodriguez, um, once he got... Oh, that was cool. That's cool. Um, once he got him in the clinch, it was his... It just was his... Uh, his jam, you know, and he did massive work. How are these things in theaters? What theaters are open? Theaters are dying. They're dead business. Just put everything out on digital access at this point. Who are we kidding? And who's got the money to go to the theaters? Yeah. So, uh, Mike Rodriguez in this ended in the first round, two minutes, 17 seconds in, um, Kicks him to the body. He's got very good Muay like fundamental Muay Thai kind of stance. Uh, keeps himself light on his feet. Allows him to throw kicks to clinch. Yep, he gets in the clinch. Marcin tries to to take him down with double unders, and then he just starts kneeing him in the face because he doesn't address the tie clinch. It's a big thing that you try to see, um, even in MMA. People try to punch out of the clinch. They try to do everything but address the fucking clinch. Like, if you just address the clinch, get your head up, um, and not worry so much about the knees and get your hips in as close as you can, you're suffocating their punching. You're suffocating their strikes. Pulling away only gives them the ability to drive more power. 
right? And then that's where that elbow comes in. He just comes over the top. He's so concerned with the knees. It's easy to drop an elbow, especially just like a, a side, which he did is like a, it's like a side of the elbow, elbow. Like you use your, the inside of your elbow. Um, drops him, and then he goes to work. If you try to pull away from the clench, it's what makes the clench more dangerous. They're, um, it's like a barb, essentially, right? If you get a good tie clench on somebody, a good plum, knees up the middle, all that's going to be available if you're so concerned with it. But if you just go into the fire, you're more likely to, you're more likely to save yourself. You might get tripped. You might get whatever taken down. But at least it's not getting kneed and elbowed in the face. All right. But shout out to Slow Mike Rodriguez because he made fast work of that. And that's cool. I appreciate that. All right. So in the main event. Ooh. Um, Frankie Edgar versus Pedro Munoz. Pedro was coming off of a loss from Aljamain Sterling. And Frankie was coming off of a loss at featherweight to Chan Sung, Chan Sung Jung. So, the first two rounds, I gave it to Frankie. Pedro just would not stop the pressure, and he would catch Frankie when Frankie would circle out to the right with his big right. But that's all that Pedro was kind of looking for. He was just looking for that big right because he knew that maybe if he caught Frankie going that way, he could put him out. That being said, Frankie's been put out and not, and also not been put out by way tougher guys, like way bigger guys. So I think at bantamweight, Frankie's chin's going to hold up a little bit better. So that being said, um, the first two rounds, Frankie was just popping combinations. He would hit Pedro like three times, and Pedro would take them to try to land one. The calf kicks were doing well, but Frankie started checking a whole bunch of them towards the end of the round. Um, and then the numbers are this. Pedro Munoz landed 166 strikes to Frank Edgar's 135 strikes. Uh, these are unofficial numbers, I think. And then takedowns, two, two takedowns for Frankie Edgar. But they were just like half-hearted takedowns, um, just meant to score him around, right? It, it, people complain about the John Jones-Dominic Reyes fight. People complain about the judging. The judging is the old criteria. Yes, Pedro Munoz did a bunch of damage with leg kicks. He did a bunch of damage with, with, um, with his right hand. I mean, he landed more strikes. But the variety in Frankie Edgar's game where he landed two takedowns gives him some points for the round, gives him a little bit of an advantage. It's just the way the judging is. And until it's fixed, until it's changed, until... Something that dictates that wrestling doesn't, unless there's damage involved with wrestling, that um, that it, it that uh, it'll change change it. And I, I don't know. I I think I think for for me, if you wrestle, it has to be with the idea that when you wrestle them, you're gonna take them down to the ground and start inflicting damage on them or going for a submission or whatever, whatever. And I think if a person gets taken down and a person uses a submission off the takedown to counter the takedown, I think that should also be I think that should also be uh I think that should negate the takedown, right? So if like someone goes for a takedown and then they use a guillotine to counter it, then the takedown's negated. Or if they 
take them down to the ground and the person on the bottom starts raining elbows on them and starts doing work for the, and the takedown's negated. If the takedown comes down and the guy pops right back up, takedown's negated. But that's not in the rules, or that's not in the way it's judged. It's just judged if you get a takedown, like, they get it. Um, and Pedro did try to use a submission, but then Frankie kind of just passed. He made it real easy. And then he started using the takedown, uh, takedown attempts as feints. That's why he's got attempted 28 takedowns, or attempted eight takedowns. So, anyway, everyone was bummed about the ruling. I thought Frankie took the first two, Pedro took the last two, and then Frankie took the last one. Advancing doesn't necessarily mean you win a fight. I, I want to put that out there. I think advancing isn't necessarily what wins you the fight. If the opponent is bigger and hits harder, the uh, your game plan is going to be around, like, to work around the cage. It's a very Western mentality to think that just circling around the cage and letting a person walk forward is necessarily them winning. It's not winning. It's just a different way to approach a tactic. Sometimes you need to give them space. Sometimes people work off the cage. Tyron Woodley works the right hand off the cage all the time. I don't necessarily mean, necessarily think that for him it's a dangerous situation and the person's winning walking forward. I think the person walking forward is walking right into a, right into a trap. I don't think anything different of someone circling around the back of the cage. I think there is an issue if their back's against the cage and the person's inflicting damage. But if the person's just, you know, scooting around the side of the cage and then he'll scoot inside. Because Frankie looked phenomenal as far as footwork goes. He was making Pedro miss the big shots. Um, He would take a couple of them, but then he would, you know, as far as taking those right hands, he would, I mean, Pedro missed a lot of them. Pedro threw 350 strikes. I mean, Frankie threw 363. You know. So, I get get Frankie winning. I just think this is great for Frankie, and he needs to immediately... Immediately capitalize on this and fight Dominic Cruz. I think it's the only fight. It's the only one that makes sense. It's the only thing that I agree with Ariel Hawani on pretty much most of the time as far as, like, like matchup. I think this is perfect. I think Dominic Cruz is coming off of a loss to a, you know, to the former champion, and he needs a guy that's more his pace, but it's coming off of a win. So it benefits Cruz. It's a fight, long time coming. They were champions, you know, the same era. I think it's a great fight. And Pedro, I don't know, go back to the drawing board. There's plenty of guys with phantom weight. Um, he, I think he needs to get back to... He needs to get back to his jujitsu. Like he needs to get back to making it more of a threat. Like he threatened a little bit of it, but like, like he dropped for a leg lock or he dropped for like an ankle lock on somebody. Like if you have that much confidence in your ankle locks, like use that confidence. 
mix it in. And he's got power. He's got power for Bantamweight. So it's not just about loading up the right hand and the calf kick. Like, it can't just be that. Eventually, someone's going to check him. Someone's going to, you know, not be there for them. Like, you have a lot of success with it because it's a lot of power. But it's not, a, it's not a last, it's not, it's not a lasting strategy when you have so much more variety in your toolbox. It is the spice of life. All right, so let's get into some news. Um, let's see, MMA fighting. Leon Edwards goes in on Mazadal. He wants to fight Leon Edwards. And he's kind of just like talking into the Twitter ether. And he wants to fight at, uh, Mazadal. Yeah, of course. He wants to fight with no money, mutual location, film it, bang it on YouTube. Public will see it. I, I just, it's like, it's not the way to go about this. Uh, Frankie Edgar when, yep. Uh, oh, and then Vadim Nemkov stops Ryan Bader. Dude, that, that guy, Fedor Jr., badass. Fucked Ryan Bader up. And then threw this sick head kick where he, like, pulled Bader's hand down to, like, get it out of the way. It's just clinical. Um, Amanda Nunes to defend featherweight title against Megan Anderson. So, one-way train on that one. Anthony Smith, the Ozemir fight. Watched that this morning. It's a pretty good fight. I like the way that Anthony Smith fights. Uh, Leanne Edwards calling Dorino a bitch. I don't know about that. Oh. Uh, the Chris Tucker getting kicked in the face and rush hour. Which one of you did that? Damn. Nemkov getting that warm welcome in Russia. Um, oh, yeah, so Dana White um, Dana White kind of said, kind of said that it's a possibility that, and probably, that it's Dustin Poirier versus Tony Ferguson, which is sick. Yeah. 
Uh, Ricardo Lamas versus Bill Aligio. Magomed Enkelov versus Iron Kutalaba. Fight night, August 29th. It always seems like that fight's going. That's next weekend, but it's like... Uh, Ed Ruth up for a fight against Taylor Johnson. Raymond Daniels. Rafael Cavallo. Bellator. Derek Campos versus Roger Huerta. Andre Ewell versus Aaron Rivera. Uh, Rivera. Thomas Almeida versus Alejandro Pantoja. Or Ale... Alejandro Perez, and Jack Romanson versus Darren Till in December. Um, okay. That was that. What you got, MMA junkie? Oh, Trevin Jones. Shout out to Trevin Jones with uh, the crazy comeback from his fight against Timur Valev. He got, like, pieced up in the first round. Uh, and then the second round came out, knocked the dude down. Or TKO'd him. Someone bet $25,000 on Maria Agapova. Now it's all gone. All gone to Vegas. Um, not much. Not much after that. Okay. Let's see. Let's see if we got any crazy news on BJPen.com. Frankie Edgar responds to doubters calling him. Fuck them, doubters. Fuck them. Uh, he said, calling him old and slow. Well, he's not old or slow. He's 38, and he's still fast. Paulo Costa sends a message to Israel Adesanya. The, yeah, the, cringiest, the cringiest interview. Just the two of them going back and forth at each other. Um, and UFC confirms three main events September, including Tyron Woodley versus Colby Covington, Overeem versus Sakai, and Thiago Santos versus Teixeira. Great fights. So right now you have Alexander Rakic versus Anthony Smith, and then you have Teixeira versus Santos. The winners of those, I assume, fight for the winner of Blakovich and Blakovich and uh, and Reyes. Weird time. Weird time. Marlon Vera wants Jimmy Rivera next. Okay. Oh, Ovin St. Pru, uh, Alonzo Menafield. Fucking uh, bringing it back around, folks. Alonzo Menafield. I found the name for you. 
Um, <clears throat> all right. Well, I think that's it. Uh, I think since I've completed full circle. Uh, yeah, we'll call it an episode. Full circle. Boom. Done. Fucking crisp and, crisp and professional on a Monday. Love it. I'll be back Wednesday, though. Um, and on Wednesday, I'll be back to break down the Smith versus Rackick fight, as well as Robbie Lawler versus Neil Magny. And then you have Alexa Grasso, Ji Yoon Kim, and then you have the Magomed Enclave versus Ayanklut Lava 2 fight that we've all been dying to see because it's fireworks. Um, you have Poliana Vian on the card. You have uh, Chiga Casey, Emily Whitmire, Hannah Cyphers, Alessia De- Chikariko, Chikirio, uh, Impa, another Jimmo fighter out of Charlotte. Shout out to Shout out to Impa versus Maki Patolo, someone that just fought and competed. Um, Zach Cummings. It's a who's who on this next card. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. And then after that, you have the Alistair Overeem versus Augusta Sakai, and then Thiago Santos versus Glover Teixeira. And then Colby Covington versus Tyron Woodley. And then we have that wonderful September 26th card next month um, with Israel Adesanya and Policosta. So I just want to give a shout-out to everyone that supported the podcast in the last couple months and really have been driving the numbers up. Thank you so much. Uh, please definitely subscribe to the podcast. Write a review. It can be bad, good, doesn't matter. Um, at least give it five stars. Give it five stars bad if you want to. Um, yeah, do that. Like, five stars bad. It was so bad I needed to give it five stars because that's how bad it is. And then just write that in the description. And then if you liked it, give it five stars because that's how good you liked it. And then write why you liked it so good. Um, And then subscribe. You don't even have to listen. Uh, Just subscribe. That helps me get it to more people. And you can do this all on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Spotify. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Thank you for the support. Uh, in September, I'm looking to get these downloads all the way up to 1,000-something. Because I'm moving into a new house, um, new gym, and I want to make a podcast room where I have those things on the wall that make all the, si- uh, make all the sound come in. And then I want to – I just want to make it nice. And I want to do videos and stuff. Make it a whole thing. Okay. So thanks again. Remember, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play – iTunes, all your listening apps, as well as going to social media to find us, sunscrapnation.com for everything else and more. And soon to come private lessons and privates and and gym space if you need gym time and place to rent out gym space and stuff. All available, sunscrapnation.com for everything. All right. Thanks again. Hope you all enjoy the rest or the beginning of this week. Um, there was a Tuesday night contenders, I think tomorrow. So enjoy fights tomorrow and I'll be back Wednesday. So enjoy the fights. Enjoy half of your week until next time. Stay safe. Bye.